So Jack is five and he was four at, at the time of the accident right. when it happened. Um, Jack's a real funny boy, to be quite honest. He's the life and soul of our family. Um, really, really good sense of humour. Oh, he loves a good song, Jack does. And does loves he? dancing. Yeah, absolutely loves it. Anybody who knows Jack, he's nearly a celebrity at this stage. <sighs> but before the accident, all of Dundrum, Nakavella know Jack, like, you know, and he knows everybody. Right. Um, and would make himself known, to be quite honest. <laughs> but yeah, Jack goes to school in Nakavella. Mm-hmm. He's in junior infants down there. Loads of friends. Teachers love him. Um... Yeah, he's just a really, really good little boy. But sure, I suppose I'm a bit biased, too, to be quite honest. Not at all. Tell me what happened on that fateful day. What day was it, by the way? What day? So was it was Sunday, the second of October. Okay. What 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 happened? To um, that? We were at home, and Jack normally plays outside himself and his brother Daniel. But that day, the two of them decided to be inside playing. It was kind of raining outside. They never go into the playroom. Never. Now, we had a treadmill in the playroom, which we had bought for, for Jack's sister, who's type 1 diabetic. And I heard the treadmill being turned on, so I went down, gave out to them, turned the treadmill off, but I never plugged it out. So that was fine. I went back up to the kitchen, and I was making the dinner. I remember looking at the clock, and it was quarter to four, because I thought I'd be collecting my daughter Maya from work at mm. five. So I just took the two chickens out of the oven, and then at that... Myself and my husband heard help being called, but it was no normal help. This was something I've never heard before in my life, to Screaming. be honest. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Plenty of people have said, like, how did it sound? I honestly don't. I can't describe how Daniel called help. It was like a real something I don't want to witness ever again, to be quite honest. So mm. myself and James both ran at the same time. We went down and James just started screaming and shouting and calling Jack's name for a response there was no response he was blue practically purple so James James picked up the treadmill and we kind of pulled Jack out what exactly happened to Amanda how, so how his, Jack was wearing a Tipperary jersey that day mm. and his his jersey got caught in the belt of the treadmill now we don't know if he was sitting on it was he had his back turned to, on, turned to the treadmill and the treadmill sucked him in we don't know um, but it strangled him basically strangled so him. So it got cut around his neck? So with the force of the belt going around, it tugged the jersey and right. literally pulled it so tight that, that the jersey strangled him and then his head was on the belt so the belt must be moving at some stage. He got badly burned to, to his left side. My God. So, I mean, there must have been panic, was there? There was panic, but you know what? Looking back, we were very... We were we were panicked, but we were calm at the same time, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. We knew we had a job to do. So James, um, my daughter Kira came on. Kira got a knife and she, she cut the jersey. Then James ran up to the kitchen, put Jack in the kitchen table, and he started ringing 999. So I put Jack into the recovery position, fell for his pulse. He wasn't breathing, so I started massaging his lung just to get the air in. I didn't know if that was the right or wrong mm. thing to do, but he started gasping a little bit. Then Kira just went running, so she went running to our next door neighbour, who is a nurse, and she came and she performed CPR straight away. Now, um, nine 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 were still on the line at the same time. Right. So they, so they were helping out. They were giving advice. They were they, they were talking to, yeah. and um, my next door neighbour was corresponding to them and just kind of telling them yes. what was going on or whatever. I suppose all the medical terms. Yeah. Um, then we were just told there was an ambulance on the way and 
a helicopter. So before I knew it then, it was like my, my mind went blank for about half an hour, to be quite honest. I kind of stood back and let my neighbour to it. I knew right. she was the woman for the job. I didn't know what to do. And, and what sort of condition was Jack in at that point? I mean, so, could you, was he breathing at that point? Um, very, very shallow. Okay. Very, very shallow. Um, in and out, he did start breathing a couple of times. Um, when the paramedics came, they they did have, they had to help him. But yeah, he was unresponsive. His eyes were closed. He just yeah, it was like as if he was just asleep on my kitchen table. Now, your home is in Nakavella, isn't it? My home is in Nakavella, right. yeah. Right. So, the idea that a helicopter was uh, arriving then, I mean, where were they going to land? Or how was that? Yeah, so my next door neighbour, he's a farmer, and thank God he had no problem with a helicopter being landed in, in his fields. Whatever we needed to do, he said, work away, do, do whatever has to be done. Helicopter literally landed right beside my house, beside my front gate. Um, this must have all been like a dream, was it? It was like a dream, and even looking back now, I'm like thinking, did that actually happen? Like right. sometimes I actually have to sit back and think, God, did that actually happen to us as a family? You know, and then it hits, the bang hits, and it's like, yeah, it did happen. Right. And and did an ambulance arrive at the same time as the helicopter? ambulance arrived at the same time, and and the guardy as well. They all kind of, they all seem to be there at the same time. To be right. honest. Um, yeah, my daughter Kira. To be fair, she unlocked the electric gates. She went out onto the road to direct the ambulance in. She was, she was unbelievable for a fourteen-year-old right. girl that day. And what about you and James at this point then? I mean, you, um, at this point, were you sort of almost watching all of this going on because it was taken out of your hands to some degree, was it? It was taken out of our hands mm. completely. Yeah. Now yeah. James was beside Jack the whole time. Yeah. I kind of welded myself to the kitchen wall to be, co- yeah. to be honest. My family all arrived, and they only for them they they were all with me and but James never left his side or my or my brother um they were kind of there holding his hand and talking to him the whole time to be honest, I just felt pure useless i couldn't understand or even believe what was happening to be honest right. well you were leaving it to people who had the skills necessary I suppose they had the it? skills look the paramedics they come in and they just all worked in uniform together nobody spoke to each other they just all knew what they had to do each job they all had to do it was like rotation I remember standing back watching them like they never actually spoke to each other they just all had the job to do and they done it now and they never they never told James to get away from the kitchen table or they worked around James right you know they James did they say understood, they understood yeah. they understood at the end of the day their parents of themselves course. and their families but they never said get out of our way you're in our way nothing so did they remove Jack then to the helicopter was that yeah so they got Jack ready for the helicopter um, yeah and they, they brought him out into the helicopter James got to go with him and before they put Jack in they took myself and James to the side and they promised us that they would do whatever they could for him and they brought him straight up to Temple Street then in Dublin. Were you able to follow on then at some point? So James went in the helicopter mm. with Jack and the the guards brought me up. They gave me a guard escort straight up to Dublin. Yeah, they got me up there in, in jig time, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, and there was a second car waiting for us at the Red Cow roundabout. 
and they escorted myself and my sister-in-law straight into straight into Temple Street. It's incredible. I mean, we don't realise the way um, action is kicked into by by these guys and the no. girls. Uh, you know, in emergency situations and no. how they work so professionally. And you know what? They're not actually appreciated. Even the Gardaí, like that day. You know, everybody has this perception of them, but that day, what they done for me. Like, they were unbelievable, like, and there was a bank guard in the front of the car, like, and we prayed in that car going up to Dublin. Like, she prayed alongside with me, like, and made sure I was okay and gave me water and, you know, and put her hand back and held my hand. Like, she, she was unbelievable, to be honest. So, you got to the hospital. What, what did you find when you got there? So I got to the hospital, uh, was brought straight in and we didn't see Jack for about three hours. So Jack was taken off um, for CT scans, um, bloods, the whole lot. He was ventilated at at that stage. So um, after the three hours, we met the neurosurgeons and the doctors and they did tell us that they were 90% sure that Jack was going to live, but they didn't know his quality of life. Um... Were you thinking then? I mean, what was going through your head at that point? I just thought, you know, whatever it is, it is, and we'll face it as a family. Sorry. Yeah. And I remember my husband saying to me, if we can get through this in life, we'll get through. We'll get through anything, you know. And myself and James are so lucky. Like, our family are unbelievable. Mm. We have a really, really good family behind Mm. us, both of us. And we knew that whatever Jack needed that we would have we'd have backup mm. so yeah the neurosurgeon said that he was going to live but what state Jack was going to wake up when they took him out of off the ventilator they they hadn't a clue right. so the days went and the nights went myself and James religiously sat beside him we prayed read him stories and on the third day I was reading Jack a storybook it was called Jerry the Giraffe and his little finger started moving in my hand and I called the nurse and she said he can hear you just keep reading and Jack loves the story Jerry the giraffe to Mm, be honest mm. and I was singing to him um, and Jack loves the song you know Oh Danny Boy but my brother taught him the words Oh Jackie Boy (laughs) so Jack knows that song off by heart and so I was singing that into his ear and he started twitching so she said to me, um, it's good that he can. he's responding. So that was on the Wednesday. On the Thursday, then they brought him down for his CT scans. And they told us he was only going to be an hour for, for his CT. An hour ran into two hours and then two and a half hours. And Jack still wasn't back up. So myself and James started to become a bit panicky. So um, at that, the elevator door opened and Jack's nurse was looking after him that day she came out and I asked her um you know what was going on was he okay and she started laughing and she said to me you're never going to believe she said in the middle of the CT scan now he was in this big circle of a thing whatever and he tried to put his two elbows underneath him and I started laughing I said I don't believe you and she said look we had to give him double double the dose to fully knock him out um, she said, but he's really reacting to the noises and the sounds. Now, he was still ventilated at this stage. Um, so she said, look, we have 10 tests done. We have two more to do, but everything's looking as you no know, positive. 
So she said, I'm going to have my lunch and come back down and then we're going to bring him back up. Mm. Um, so like that, the half hour went, they brought him back up. So the plan was to keep him ventilated until Friday. So she said, we'll be back out in half an hour. We're going to get him to settle back into ICU. We'll come back out and get you and bring you back in. Like that, an hour turned into an hour and a half, turned into two hours. I knocked on the door and she came running out and I said, like, is everything okay? She said, Amanda, I promise I'll be back out in half an hour. Mm. Um, Maybe 20 minutes, she said, look, I have a job to do. So Mm. she ran off. Myself and James started praying again. I thought, oh, something's after going terribly wrong. She came back out and she said, well, lads, it's like this. She said, we went to move him straight into the bed and he put the hand up to pull the ventilator out. So she had to ring ring the head doctor and he just said, go ahead and and take the ventilator off him and see, obviously he's agitated, he Mm. knows it's there. Obviously the mind is working working the way it should do. Take Take it off. So she said, he is a little bit agitated in there. He can't talk, his eyes aren't open, but just go with it. Mm. It's going to be hard, but go with it this is going to be a rough 24 hours she said but go with it so I went in and she told me to get into the bed beside him and hold him in my arms and she said you've waited four Mm. long days for this get in beside him so I held him and he calmed down straight away it's like as if he knew I was I was there even though he was fully you know he was on a lot of of medicines and drugs he, he knew I was there um so then he, I suppose the hours kind of passed on and he started to kind of come more around. Now it took him um, nearly a full 24 hours to open his eyes. And when he did, it was like the day he was born all over, to be honest. He just, yeah, he called Mammy and Daddy. And I just knew then that he knew us, that he was going to be okay. Now at this stage, we hadn't talked to the any kind of doctors or anything since. But you knew? I knew, yeah. yeah, I knew, and then he, when after Mammy and Daddy said, "Where's my green tractor?" and I thought, "You're okay, you are okay," and then the nurse came in and she was there, like, "Jack, your eyes are opened," and he turned round to her and he said, uh, "Where's my Uncle Joe's quad? You took my Uncle Joe's quad," <laughs> and she said, "No, I didn't take it." He said, "You did, and you better give it back." And she was laughing. She says, that is your little boy. And I said, that's Jack. And I just knew then that he was 100% going to be okay. Now, the hours then went on that day and she came back and she said, uh, ask him what he like, chicken nuggets and chips. And he whispered to me, will you tell her I only like beef and spuds? (laughs) (laughs) So I told her and she said, God, she said, if he wants beef and spuds, he can have whatever he wants. So she came back then again and her mum had made her homemade cookies and she said, I bet you Jack likes homemade cookies. Literally gave him the full lunchbox of cookies. She said he can have whatever he wants, you know. Now, friend, this was in the middle of ICU and like the most cleanliness place ever and there was chocolate <laughs> chips and crumbs everywhere. But nobody cared. Nobody cared nobody. and all the nurses kept coming in and this is the famous Jack O'Dwyer. And, yeah, but they really took the time to sit down and ask what kind of a child Jack was and you know like his personality and what he liked to do like they had those nurses had had a job to do in ICU but they wanted to know Jack as a child not just Jack as a patient lying here and we have to look after him and they wanted to know 
what kind of personality this little boy had. You know, his brothers, his sisters, his family, his school, everything. They wanted to know everything about him, which I thought was was really, really nice, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. So, how is he now? Jack's 100%. (laughs) Not a bother on him. And does he refer to what happened? Every now and again, he might say something small. Right. Um... We we were told to always put him in the right direction and not to ever fob it off. Yes. So we do if he like he might just say something. I won't say what he said, okay. but um, we would just kind of correct him and put him put him on the right road. Right. That's for fear of what that the trauma might affect. That him the trauma so might yeah. affect him okay. in later days. Right. Um, but no, he's perfect. He's he went back to school after three weeks. Um, now he did go back kind of three hours a day at a yes. time he was still tired and coming down I suppose off medicines and stuff but then one day he turned around to me and he said um, why can't I stay why can't I stay to two o'clock like everybody else yes. so I thought you're ready to stay ready to two to o'clock yes, yeah. fantastic. because of the service and because of how you were looked after particularly by the, the helicopter crew and all of that tell me what it is that you're doing by way of giving something back I suppose about this so to be honest, friend, the idea came from from my two, I suppose all my family, my two brothers. They decided to do um, a charity ride. Um, we we as a family just want to give something back. Mm. The service that day, like I couldn't believe that the air ambulance wasn't funded at at that time. It wasn't funded. Those paramedics are all volunteers who just volunteer on their days off off of work, and that those men don't get paid. I actually couldn't couldn't believe it to be quite honest like i every they don't get paid they, those volunteers don't get paid okay. they're they're volunteering on their days off from so the paramedics some of them are doctors nurses and they're doing this service on their days off the helicopter as of two weeks ago is now government funded but at the time of jack's accident it wasn't it was it was funded by i suppose everybody's kindness yes. fundraisers so we're fundraising for um, the air ambulance have now, I suppose they have re, they, they have rebranded um, into critical, so they're putting um, these jeeps on the road. So they're going to be fully kitted out, like like the air ambulance. Mm. They're going to have ventilators, defibrillators, everything that they need to do for somebody in a critical in a critical state. Yes. While like while they're I suppose waiting for the air ambulance or for more for more people to come to help on the scene. But, um, yeah, so we're fundraising. I suppose it's just to give something back and to say thanks. Right. You're doing it in great style as well. Tell me the kind of fundraiser you're doing, because we're here in Dundrum House uh, right now, but on Saturday this is where it'll all start off from. Yeah, so on Saturday um, it's going to start at half eleven, so we're doing um, a charity ride. Now, sometimes when you say a charity ride, people have asked me, so is it bicycles? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's horses. You've got a particular route that the horses are going to follow, isn't it? Yeah, so they're going to turn left at the um, at Dundrum House gates. They're going all up along Kilmore, all up along, um, over towards the Golden Road, back into Killinure, and then back up into Dundrum. I think, as far as I know, it's over a three-mile course. Um, my two brothers with alongside some helpers have given a lot of weeks now out mapping this out great right. thought into it a lot of mucky boots <laughs> <Can't imagine. laughs> yeah and so yeah to be fair to them they have a lot of effort 
lot of effort put into this. Right. Now, if you have a horse, and if you want to take part in this, you can still do that, can't you? Yeah, you can still do it. Anybody, everyone's more than welcome to come, whether you have a horse or you don't have a horse. If you just want to come and look, I suppose, at everything that's going on, everyone's more than welcome. Um, and and donate, which is the main Everyone thing. can donate. Right. So, if, if you are taking a horse on the sponsored ride, which is essentially what it is, what will it cost to do that? So it's eight euro per adult, um, 40 euro for a child. But like that, friend, if people come and they have two or three kids... You look after them. We'll, yeah, yeah, we will, okay. yeah, of course. Um, in terms of how difficult the ride is as well, it's it's sort of scaled down, is it, for somebody who mightn't be Yeah, as so it's scaled down for anybody who doesn't want to, like a certain particular jump, or like if there's a child that doesn't want to do it, there's always a gate option. It's going to be very safe. Um, we have a lot of helpers on hand, people on gates. It is going to be very safe for... Very safe for people. Very good. So yeah. it's this coming Saturday, and it's kicking off at what time? So registration's from 11.30. Uh, the ride itself is going to head off at 1 o'clock. Back to the venue then about 3, half 3. Uh, then we have some music. Yes. And then we have an auction and we have a raffle. Very good. Will people get an opportunity to meet the star of the show, Jack? Will he be here? Oh, Jack will be here with his wellies, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Jack will be here, yeah. Um, oh, he's taking this very serious now. Oh, yeah, he he thinks he needs to bring up his wheelbarrow and put some water in it and go around to everybody and give them a bottle of water. But, yeah, he's Jack's taking this, this very serious. He was out himself yeah. helping um, helping my two brothers and my husband and my brother-in-law last weekend out in the course and setting up jumps. And sure, He loved it. I always knew what their ambulance was. Always heard about it, mm. never actually knew what they'd done, the whole kind of background of it. I suppose nobody would know until you're actually in, in that situation that anybody needs it. But it's such a big service and it's such a valued service, to be quite honest. I'll forever be grateful for each and every person that day that stood in my kitchen and helped Jack, from the paramedics to my neighbour to all, all my neighbours community I'll forever ever oh sorry not at all yeah. you'll be grateful to them I'm sure yeah alright Amanda thanks very much indeed. thank you friend